Talking Landscape Photography with Kristen Fletcher and Cowan. Glenn McKimmon, welcome to the podcast. Mate, how are you? I'm great, thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, you just got back from Mongolia. What's the, what's the deal there? Uh, yeah, I went to Kamchatka and then uh, Mongolia after that. So I've got a uh, little uh, tour company. So I, I took, uh, I think, nine or ten photographers to Kamchatka and then to Mongolia to stay with the eagle hunters and... Oh. Do all that sort of fun are stuff. They, so we're, not, we're not talking West Coast eagle hunters, are we? Are we talking about? No. Do they? Do they have? Is that Aussie a, rules over there? Do they? They do have it somewhere, yeah. but it's in uh, these strange little communities that we don't really go to. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Great. I'm sure. Hey, um, mate, you've been in the industry for around 15 years. So your passion mm. has that started before then or then or yeah? How did that all come yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah, look, uh, yeah, it's it's all goes back to probably one person, and um, most people do or don't know this, but Ken Duncan's obviously my uncle. So um, even at uh, from a young age, they used to come. I remember, still remember when Pam and Ken sold everything they owned and um, decided to chase this dream, traveling around Australia, taking photos, and mm. uh, then trying to sell them. So from a from a young age, even at high school, we had a dark room. I was always taking photos there, processing the film in a dark room, and I fell in love with it then, but uh, tried to be a wallaby for a long time, wow. playing rugby all over the world, and um, and that didn't work out. So I uh, switched to uh, back to photography. So, yeah. With your with your rugby career, what position did you play? Uh, I was a five eight or a fullback, depending on the team. So yeah, I think you're actually too good looking to be a rugby player, mate. It's probably why you, <laughs> you know, it's probably why you're. That's uh, why you weren't successful. Yeah, that's why probably most of the time I played fullback, so they don't get touched there. So that's, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, it'd be a shame to get their face all messed up. Did, did you ever play <laughs> yeah. uh, Super Rugby at all? No, I didn't get to that level. I played first grade in Sydney. Mm. Um, Which club? And that was uh, actually ended up playing for Penrith, believe it or not. Wow, it's interesting. Sorry, we, we Penrith hadn't won a game for four years, not a single game. And uh, a mate of mine, Darren Coleman, who now is a very uh, well-respected coach in Australia, took on the Penrith job, which was a job mm. no one wanted. Mm. And uh, we ended up winning the first seven games of the Shoot Shield, which was for Penrith was unheard of. We actually got, I think, five supporters there one week, so it was wow. really good. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it was good. Yeah, yeah. So, so who is Glenn McKimmon? Who, who, who should be? Um, uh... I'm still trying to figure that out, but I don't think you always know. No. Look, I'm someone uh, now that, uh, yeah, I love the photographic industry, I guess. I've got a number of businesses in and around it, but I'm pretty known to be pretty sort of laid back, casual uh, person uh, on the exterior. Maybe my interior is thinking a little bit different to that, but um, yeah, I'm just a bloke who loves photography, Mm. um, love my family and um, trying to help the industry a bit where I can. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so you, you did touch on uh, your famous uncle. What's that? Mm. What's that like yes. to be? Uh, do you feel like you're in the shadow of of, of Ken, or do you think you've uh, you know, uh, gone past his his level of expertise? I mean, I've I've seen your work; it's beautiful. Mm. Tell us, tell us what it's like having yeah. a having a famous uncle like I, I that. I don't know. That's a yeah. It's a very tricky one actually because I I um. When I got back into photography, I worked at Creative for Life, actually, and we were printing your work then. So I was um, 
playing footy and needed a job that was versatile. So I was able to print all night um, and, and go and drive to Sydney when I needed. So uh, I would see heaps of photographers' work coming through, obviously yours, um, Ken's, heaps of, and lots of other. Murray Fredericks at the time, we were printing his stuff. So it was, it was interesting, but um, it's tricky because you want to you wanna sometimes stand on your own and say, uh, yeah, this is who I am now. But at the same time, I think photographers and photography are a bit, uh, I won't say everyone, but there's a bit of an egocentric feel <laughs> to the industry at times. And with that comes the fact that we don't like to necessarily heap praise on people uh, that have helped us necessarily. And um, so as much as I want to step out of the shadow, I don't want to also take away from what I learnt and where that started but uh yeah definitely it, it was a huge hand up and i will say too working for ken is not like uh anyone who has that you work a hell of a lot of hours a week he doesn't sleep much um i wasn't on huge money and nor did i expect to be but i basically got to do four years of the best apprenticeship uh you could ask for learning about not only taking the photos but the, the big thing most people miss is actually running the business and mm. that's um that's the trick. So yeah. it was very, Actually, very lucky. Yeah, look, the, the, now this is a story that I heard ages ago, and it was it was a Ken Duncan story. It was about mm. his assistant at the time. Now, there was this one particular photograph of early morning, beautiful, it's like a lake, but there was this boat oh, that was floating place. on the, on the, on the oh, lake. Yeah. And um, <laughs> someone said to me, he said, look, I, I heard that uh, Ken made his poor assistant go jump in the water and hold this damn boat still so that he could do a long exposure and the boat wouldn't move. Now, is there any truth in that story? And was that you that yeah, was in the water? it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I know who it was. Oh, yeah. Uh, did, and, they, did they uh, die? The, <laughs> no. The name, of, the name of that bay is um, Shark Bay. And that... Um, Western Australia. For, Western. That, yeah, that, that assistant was made to go out and literally squat behind the boat in Shark Bay early, early in the morning uh, in his <laughs> Reg Grundy's so Ken could get the shot. So, yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, that's hilarious. I mean, yeah. It, yeah, Shark Bay early morning is probably not the best place to be when there's tiger sharks around. And, and no. Actually, I'm not sure if you saw it, but Tony Hewitt had this amazing photograph that he shot from the air over mm. Shark Bay, and that was earlier this year and it was basically yep. a whale just being surrounded by 100 200 sharks they were all just around yeah, having I pot shots it. and it's like wow yeah, yeah so yeah, good on you ken that's well done mate yeah. um, you know <laughs> uh, health and safety i don't know if they've got anything yeah. to say about that but <laughs> i've had health and safety i'll tell you what he did to me we were, we were in syria and we were doing a book following the journey of uh, he was doing a book on paul the apostle mm. we, were, we were following uh this was pre ISIS, just pre-ISIS, and he started arguing with it with our driver Muhammad, who was a Muslim, right. about the the the, the when uh, Islam and Christianity separated, and that Muhammad or Jesus was a sacrificial lamb. Anyway, they were having this great old argument in the front of the car, quite heated, and yeah. I'm sitting in the middle of Syria, thinking. <laughs> We are Dunskis. We're going to Palmyra in a minute, and there's going to be, we are dead. But anyway, we got out of it. Thankfully, uh, uh, good stories. I mean, it's great history to have that. You know, and when you can look back at those things and go, "Ah, oh, look, we survived." Yeah, I mean, I mean Syria. I mean, you've you've travelled obviously all over the world. Um, yeah, yeah. And I'm just looking at your website. I mean, some of the places you do your tours and all that sort of stuff. It's 
you know where, where's been your favorite favorite spot in, in all the uh, there's a few favorites i mean just having been to mongolia i think um where particularly where we went and i, I don't know it's one of those things you've probably been through this but it's mm. it's photography is interesting you, you go to all these places people have been to and you get the shots and feels that that you uh tend to see other people do but mongolia i haven't seen a lot of stuff at and um going to live with um we lived in these girls with these nomadic eagle hunters and um the experience was incredible living with them, seeing how they live and, and move and the traditions that they still have intact. So of all the places, look, that's very interesting to me at the moment and there's a couple of projects we mind pursuing there. But, yeah, probably Mongolia, the landscape, just the people, everything, quite incredible. Can we just touch on your projects for a second because you're uh, quite well known for a fairly major one. Uh, in 2018, you started the uh, Aperture Conference. How did that come about? Yeah, look, very simply, to be honest, I, I got very frustrated, and I'll just be honest, um, people can say what they want about me, but uh, I got very frustrated with the industry and I felt that my generation um, was sitting on their asses and mm. if we or someone didn't do something, our industry would die a very slow, painful death. Um, and I felt like some of the governing bodies and if I see another body um, competition mm. uh, to enter, I'll have a heart attack. Like yep. it seems every month there's a new... And really, like, I, I love the AIPP. I think there's, there's a place for them. Mm. But maybe I felt for years it became more about awards and awarding each other. And mm. are we creating photographers or are we creating sheep? Mm. And that's what my concern was. We were We were getting a level of photography that ended up being everyone copying everyone's style mm. and the originality started to disappear and I thought um, it, it, bodies and, and the industry needed to realise who pays them to do their job and the people that pay you are the general public mm. and at what point were we as photographers going to think maybe we should be educating the general public on the art form not each other so much so I, I thought if I can create an event which gets the best because we have some of the best image makers in history in this country mm. you know, um, if I can get them together and promote Australian photography bring in some sure some international people but mm. um, it might reignite the industry and make the general public realise you know we have this this is a fantastic art form A to invest in but also go out and enjoy yourselves but um, yeah so that was born out of that sort of thing and, and I think at, at my generation or anyone's we're just the gatekeepers or the, or the caretakers of this industry and it's our job to leave it in a better position than what we found it in and don't think anyone in my generation was actually given a shit about that to be honest so yeah. what, what is your generation anyway you, I mean Cohen and I we're, we're, we're in our <laughs> 30s uh, our late 30s yeah so, that's so right just turned well then I just turned 21 yeah <laughs> <laughs> alright that's, uh, uh, that's it for the interview thanks very much <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah fuck you <laughs> bleep that out <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, no but look um, yeah, so what are some of the the high points of, of the Aperture conference obviously you've met oh. some amazing photographers yeah, I do. It's very, very cool. And and it's actually, um, it's really nice to be in touch with people that are so passionate about what they do. Like, um, 
and be so willing when you're at that level like I mean you spoke there this year um, Ken, Steve Dupont, Jack Piconi, Alexia Sinclair that everyone's at sort of at the top of their game and to uh, listen to the freedom at which they speak about um, you know their highs and lows and all of those sorts of things it's I just find it and to the best thing for me is to sit down there and and look back and see 700 people all sitting there totally silent listening to someone's fantastic story about photography that's that's a highlight for me so, so when you i mean when you set something like this up you don't just call a couple of mates and just go you know i've got a great idea let's let's throw this together yeah. Talk us through the process. Like, how do you do something like that? Like, just well, you know, actually, sleepless nights. Was, and... Yeah, I've been a big. See, uh, this is probably a bit, bit more serious. But, but mm. w- when you ask who I am and why I do what I do, so on a personal note, about uh, nine years ago, my sister took her own life. And um, sorry to hear that. From that day forward, I, I have this overwhelming sense of things can't fail. Uh, much to the uh, annoyance of a lot of people that work for me or live with me, uh, I try things because I just don't care if they don't work. Mm. Um, so, you know, that with that in mind, when I came up with the Aperture concept, I just literally had one other person. Mm. Um, I still have one other person. Uh, we do it, just the two of us. Mm. Um, and we built it. So I had a, I was lucky, I did a, I did a journalism degree at university mm. uh, and then I did a master's in public relations. So I had a, a background on how to do it. Mm. Um, but then you go back to the Ken Duncan connection and through him I knew most of the big wigs in the industry and camera companies and whatnot. So you ring and get support. And I mm. um, was lucky enough to every photographer I asked the first year said yes. And it was an outstanding lineup that first year. Like you're talking mm. the the cream of the crop of Australian photography so mm. yeah it's, well I think it's it, literally just not stopping yeah mm. and I think the other good thing about what you've done is is you've actually um it's you've paid people you know what what they're worth to come up and and, yeah. and you know take the time and spend the weekend and absolutely and, you know you're very generous of, with what you offer and and how you look after people I mean, I, when I came uh this year I, I felt so so comfortable and and you know you've got this relaxed manner it's like yeah it's all right mate yeah look just go down and see the boys and they'll just run a check of your slideshow and she'll <laughs> you know she'll be right and i'm just going oh well he's calm i'm going to be calm as well <laughs> so there's no point stressing it doesn't help anyone is that yeah. is that who you are off the field are you a, a pretty calm sort of bloke yeah yeah pretty much i don't I, look it, you know, I am, yes, I would say yes, but, you know, running, I've got, what, four or five businesses now that I run at once around photography, mm-hmm. so I won't say that I am a stress-free person. It, yeah. it does, you know, anyone who runs a business knows that there's fantastic months and there's really shit months, so, mm, yeah. uh, but on the whole, I'm I'm known as a fairly relaxed person. Look, yeah. I've, uh, I, I do have to mention that Eastway said to me, he goes, ah, ah Chrissy, yeah, you know, you're at Aperture. How did you get that gig? I said, I don't know. Glenn just rang and said, you know, do you want to do it? I said, okay. He goes, oh, oh well, can you tell him that I'd like to do it next year? <laughs> so there you I go. Actually, I was actually privy to that conversation too. That was uh, that really happened. Actually, just just on Sir Peter Eastway, I'm just looking at your uh, your whiteboard in the in the background there, Glenn, and yeah. um, in big letters, you've just got Peter Eastway written on your whiteboard. 
Yeah, I, I, I was saying I, I've I've got names up, so I know who I have to take out in order to get to the top. So, yeah, I can I, I've, I can see that he's on the bottom of that list. He is. He should be too. <laughs> David Oliver's there. Uh, uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a hint into next year potentially. I haven't secured anything ooh, yet, but um, just 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 seeing um, yeah what we can do for next year. I've got I, I go through a whole heap of scenarios and names, and then we sort of narrow it back um, yeah. based on genres and things. It's a tricky process sometimes, but yeah. yeah. Well, you, you know Eastway wants to do it, so I think just have the fee and offer it to him. You'll you'll be you'll be there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I, just, he, uh, we, won't, we won't talk about the uh, payment structure. <laughs> no, that's right. No, no, that's, that's the business. We, we're not, uh, not going to talk about that sort of stuff. Yeah, mm. so, so who's been the biggest influence to you as a person and, and as a photographer? Um, well, Ken's, Ken's pretty much up there. Um, but I will say when I worked with Ken, I... I I obviously printed your work and I think I said to you at Aperture you were a huge influence on me early on um, um, I love the way you not only saw stuff but the, your ability to, to process I felt like um, you were, your look and feel was different and that, that was inspiring um, it, after working for Ken for a little while I actually went and worked for David Oliver mm. um, and, and David Oliver, I didn't know about Henry Cartier-Bresson. I didn't really know about Ansel Adams. Ken says dogs see in black and white, um, <laughs> not photographers. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I ended up, um, yeah, working for David, and, and it taught me the history of um, of uh, photography and and all that sort of stuff. And we, along with that, I I got in touch with. Um, Peter Eastway, obviously, um, and learn a hell of a lot about him and about uh, uh, the whole side of, of Photoshop and everything as well. But another guy that really influenced me was a guy called Leo Meyer. Um, he's not that well known, but um, really incredible photographer and an amazing, amazing person. Um, but yeah, there's been a, quite a few, but Ken's probably the ultimate, given that I spent so much time with him. So yeah, yeah. And Leo, he's is he in South Australia? No, he's now up on the on the mid north coast at Kempsey, New South yeah. Wales. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and he's yeah. done some stuff with Ken before, hasn't he? He has. Yeah. Yeah. yeah quite yeah. a lot. Yeah. 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 Nice one. Yeah. Yep. Oh no, you go, Fletch. I was just saying, mate. Look, you know. As photographers, we we have connections to the natural world. Um, mm. You know, what what you know? Do you hope that we can uh, preserve it for future generations? And you know, what do you reckon we can do as as image makers to influence people's thought processes? Yeah, look, I think it's it's really important. I think uh, I see what you're doing over there, and I I see uh, you know the amount of um, interest obviously you know we're getting all over australia and the world now on climate change and the environment um i think we as image makers landscape photographers particularly have a duty of care to sort of bring back that that beauty but also to um educate people on on the environment itself and how beautiful it is and mm. why we should be looking after it like it's it's that's the big one why it's so my son when i take him out walking or we go somewhere that he he really starts to appreciate nature and um yeah so i think it's it, it we do have a duty of care 
It's yeah. photography was what got those places known, really, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah, that's right. And and I think once you have kids as well, like you've got your son, things mm. change in you. Your, your opinions change. You you. You, you, yep. instead of thinking about yourself so much and your future you think about them and their future and that was definitely a, a switching point for me to, to really start yeah. to care I maybe mean, before I had kids I was hey it's all about me and then they mm-hmm. came along and it's it's all about me yeah. and them you know still got to have me time yeah that's right <laughs> me time's alright yeah <laughs> Yeah. Thanks very much for that, Glenn. We're going to be back next week for uh, part two of the uh, the chat with Glenn McKimmon. And we're going to ask him this question. Who is his favourite landscape photographer in the world? That's next week on Like Minded. We'll see you then.